0: What?
1: everybody and welcome to the weekly dish. I'm not Emmy Stephanie. Emmy Award
2: winning <laughs> Stephanie Hanson, everybody. Oh, and boy. I'm Stephanie March.
1: So funny because I ended up seeing um we filmed the I filmed a Friendsgiving episode this week. Oh yeah. So I literally like made a turkey dinner. Which like wow. try to find all the stuff now, but yeah, I no, did. It's
2: really it's out there, but it's just yeah, hard to get I had
1: to, like okay. And also I've never actually made a turkey. What, wait, what? Kurtz always does the turkey. That's so really I weird. So I've done everything else. All the sides, yeah, all the gravy, no, all the desserts. S- assignments, right? Yeah, so I was like, okay, I can do a turkey. Well, it's, <laughs> I did a turkey, and I wanted to dispatch cock it so
2: bad, Stephanie, but oh I didn't. Oh my God, it's such a big deal to do it.
1: But I, I did the turkey, and then, you know, like, I bought it the day before the shoot. What it what it what Ricky mover did I miss? You know? uh, did you thaw it? No, yes, exactly. I was like, oh, Stephanie would be so disappointed in me oh right my now. God. I did. I ended up thawing it like in the water yeah. overnight, and yeah. so I got it all all done. Got the turkey done, and then she's like, okay, let's have you like carve it, and we'll film the carving. And I was like, oh, yeah. never actually carved a turkey either. <laughs> <laughs> Let me quick watch a YouTube. Oh
2: my god! So I
1: did. And it was fine. I had like all of like the tools because Kurt usually carves it, and I kind of know like what he does. And I've taken the breaking down a chicken class, so that was very helpful. Thank you, Chucka Parks. Mm-hmm. And but I got like to the. I should have just stopped at the two breasts and the legs. Yeah, dude. But then I went for the wing. Oh, because I want it. I was like, well, at least there's editing, like put it on the platter. <laughs> yeah, because getting that wing joint, it's not easy. It's the hardest one. And I had like this giant scissors and now it's making all this like <laughs> like cracking yeah. noise. It was yeah. just I was like, oh, this is a horrible and my hands are getting greasy.
2: Well, because like, you're handling this turkey. Yes. Like where normally I think like at Thanksgiving, you probably wouldn't have done that. Wouldn't you have just, like, let it go? You know what I mean? I would have left the wings just there as part of the carcass and the stock. Were you carving and then plating it? Yes. Oh, got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. So
1: I was just like, okay. So I got the wings off, but that part looked gruesome. Yeah. So, and Michelle's a vegan, so I'm pretty sure she'll probably edit out that part. She's probably, like, throwing up (laughs) in her mouth the entire time. But I thought of you. I was like, oh, wow. This is it. Um. Why did I start telling you that?
2: I don't know. Because it's feast season. Because you were. Something about what you originally said.
1: Because Emmy award winning. Oh, yeah. Because then Joy (laughs) came over. And Joy Altman was there. And Jason was there. And Jason's like, you don't have a seat for your Emmy? Like, he was really funny. He just kept poking the bear. Yeah. So it was cute. Um,
2: Who was at your Thanksgiving dinner then?
1: Uh, Leslie Miller, who brought the wine, of course. Yeah. Uh, We had Sip Better or Sip and Bloom do the tablescape. Jeff, producer Jeff, Jason, Joy, and me. So it was just five of us. And then we had the producer or photographer Eric at the kids' table.
2: Okay. Oh, that's really funny.
1: (laughs) Oh, now I know why. Okay. Because Joy was saying, hey, I listened to Weekly Dish, where you guys talked about the Emmy Awards. And she goes, and then I saw it, like, in real time, because she watched it. She was like, so that was fun, because... We talked about it last Saturday, apparently. It, it so, was very Congratulations, exciting.
2: you won an Emmy for what? For name Talent? Talent host. <clears throat> for taste buds. Correct.
1: And it was mm-hmm. um it was surprising for mm-hmm. sure. Yep. And I said the dumbest thing, because I didn't have a speech prepared, because I was competing against this guy from PBS North, who's amazing. In Minneapolis. Yep. yep. And Georgia Fort, who is from Black News, who's a fabulous journalist really trailblazing inspiring person who I've interviewed for a podcast that I edited with a friend of mine and just, <laughs> she's amazing.
2: Yeah. I think we did a thing on her in the magazine.
1: Yeah. So I was like, well, you know, yeah. Georgia fort, like that's it. And so I was very surprised. I was with Ellie and she was like poking me going, mom, mom, mom. And I was like, uh ah. I've, the whole thing was a daze. I get up there and the first thing I said, and it's so dumb and I feel like I was so embarrassed. I wish I could take it back. I said, oh, my gosh, we've only done six episodes because I was so stunned. I know. And then like afterwards, I saw Diana Pierce, who is so lovely, by the way, in person who Mm -hmm. I've never actually met. She looked gorgeous. And she's like, hey, you want to Emmy? And I was like, I know it's the craziest thing. She's like, I've never won an Emmy. And I'm thinking, oh, my God, how is Diana Pierce? And here I am like the imposter syndrome was at an all time high. Yeah. And then I saw Jason like a couple days later and he's like, look, in in only the way that probably you can talk to me, too. Yeah. He was like, look, I'm tired of the humble like Stephanie act. He's like, you got that award because most people that are on those shows are like reading scripts or they're like, it's a scripted show. And yeah. so they're performing material. He's like, as a talent and a host, you do what you do on the radio, which is you're just yourself. You're just yourself. And. That is award-winning. That's unique. That's different. That's not something they see on TV. Right. So just stop with the, like, yes. And I was like,
2: okay, all right. There is a moment where, like, the humble, the, the, like, thing where, like, I can't believe this is, I mean, like, there's a point after a while you're like, that's enough.
1: Okay, but how do you, (laughs) and I hear it. And I'm trying to, like, be that. But it feels you can like be very new, weird skin. You don't
2: have, the difference is I feel like you can be appreciative of it and you can be proud of it and you can own that space and you can do that really well. You really can. You can say I'm uh, you can still be surprised and I, I'm sort of, you know, like a go, uh, like I'm yes. sort of like shocked by it, but I'm grateful for it. And that's all people want.
1: And then people will say things like and this is like a psychology episode. Sorry. Yes, this is They're like, do. you deserve you deserve mm-hmm. it. You've worked so hard. And then I feel, and this is, I guess, maybe about me. Who deserves anything? Like, deserve is such a it's loaded such a weird word. word.
2: It is a weird word, and it's so. It's you're right. It's loaded these days too with things. And there's people who sit and go, "I deserve this new car," and then the next day, "I deserve this fur coat." Yeah, I deserve. And it's like all your hard work. I feel like you watch people. This is
1: an example. Like last night, sitting at San Yusan and watching these people in the kitchen. Funny. You know, working so hard behind the line, like preparing and the care and the intricacy with which they take to do this thing, and and I'm just like, well, that's hard work. You know, like t- I don't know. You I just you
2: can't value. You, it's so different. Like why is why is why is someone who, you know, is at a keyboard punching away data? Why is that any less? hard work than I don't know someone who's behind a sweaty line like let's just say that that's a lot of mental hard work maybe that's a lot of like focus hard work it's a lot of math hard work we all have these different talents and then you get awarded for the talent there's not an equal playing field it's just in this sector you are an award-winning person for this talent that you exist That you did. You're not going to win. I mean,
1: we're digging post holes. Right.
2: But let me also level (laughs) set. And this is not an insult or anything, but this is where you and I come from. You're not like your book and Amy Thielen's book. You know what I mean? Like, those are different books. She even said she's like her thing is about being a writer. And yours is about offering recipes and that and being fair and like telling your story. But she's the different narratives and the skill that she's put into that versus those are different things, different talents, different ways. So people get awarded for those things differently. That's yeah, what you have. Just to think like
1: about. Georgia Ford exactly. reading her stories she crafted right. on her station she owns right on her. You know, freelance exactly. television journey.
2: So, like those two things, and what you bring in the magic and and the personality. That's like a that's a unique moment, and it's award- and that's
1: what I won for. It's award winning. Yeah, there it is. So,
2: thank you for letting us unpack. <laughs> Sorry, we haven't the unpacked it yet, you imposter guys. Imposter syndrome that I have continued to experience never, in this space. I'll never forget unpacking your fear of deli meat on the podcast one time. Oh yes, but that that was my favorite moment of being like, wow, we're. We just do therapy every week. So yes, the deli
1: meat. The deli oh meat. boy, Let's not I dig still in have hot. deli meat you. We're going to take a
2: break instead. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to go back, but we're going to take a break. And we're going to talk about new restaurants and all the fun stuff. You guys, we have a great show today. Um, we've got lots of fun things coming. So, we'll just uh we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on my Talk one oh seven one.
0: Imagine me, Dracula, barely able to lift myself out of my coffin. I was tired, out of shape. Chasing humans and sucking their blood was draining me. But then I joined the
1: YMCA. It was like night and darker night. My energy and well-being have improved. I can't see myself in the mirror, but people tell me I look less stressed. And it was
0: definitely the Y that helped me. I'd stake my life on it. (laughs) Wait, forget I said that. Join the Y at YMCANorth.org. Hey everybody,
2: welcome back to Weekly Dish on My Talk One. uh Weather Report. This is your know, weekend, people! Glorious.
1: Is, I'm going to plant the your daffodil bulbs that have been sitting in the garage since
2: August. Uh, but this is the weekend. Yeah. Because I'm saying, I'm not like I'm saying I've watched some weather models, but I'm just saying this is your weekend. I've watched some weather models because I, I substitute for Paul Douglas. I know. No, it's more the fact that my nephew in Colorado sent me a text and he's very excited for the mountains because of things that are happening there, which often means that things are going to come and happen here. Yes. And I'm not going to say the words. So I'm just going to say, go crunch your leaves and be out in the blue sky while you still can. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about, I wanted to kind of catch us up on all of the restaurant news. Yes. Holy moly. You guys, 2024 is looking flippin' fantastic. I
1: love it. And I feel like I'm already so behind. So let's get more behind. Let's
2: get, let's do it. Well, yeah, no kidding. You're going to have to catch up by the end of the year. You have time. Okay. So the most recent thing I want to talk about is uh, Dario, which I, if you want to follow that, uh, which I we wrote, I wrote about it, I think yesterday or the day before. Joe Raleigh is a chef around town who has been around town for a long, long time. He is uh, finally opening his first like spot. And this is the one that the entire restaurant industry is like excited about. Like Joe has been around. Let me just level set with that. He's the I guy. I feel like even I know him. You know him, right? Was he from Buka? No, uh, uh-uh. no, no, no. He's just been, he's, he's a Jack. He's okay. a Jack Rebel guy. All right. So he's a devotee. Uh, you know, he and his, the guy who's opening the restaurant with him, Stephen Rowe are, uh, they met working for Jack at the Dakota. Okay. They have great stories of that. Um, and, uh, he is, uh, and then he worked, you know, he's worked on, he is the one who invented or created the parlor burger. Oh, okay. So he kind of we started the Smash Burger phrase phase in town. And um, and he's just been around and he worked at Vincent, you know, he's worked with Danny Del Prado, you know, he was at Il Foro.
1: Yep. Oh, I stuff. loved Il Foro. He's, Maybe that's
2: where we met. Yeah. I think you probably did meet him there. And he was at Martina, and he's just he's just and he's like everybody loves Joe Raleigh. Seriously. So I'm very excited because he is opening this place in the T3 building, which is tucked behind Deja Vu in North Loop. And this is where, remember, Dalton and Wade? Yes. And Jack, what was it? The golf place? Is it there? No, 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 no. That's a different one. That's down the way. This is like Deja Vu. And you have to go down the street a little bit. And then it was like. uh, Yes. I remember going to the Dalton and Wade opening with you. Right. And so that is. Yeah. We did go. Um, It is. uh, So they're taking over that space. They've gutted it. There's no more wagon wheels. Um, and there is, uh, they're going to do this really cool pasta situation, not Italian, but pasta. And they're going to have an entire back pasta room that you're going to be able to see from the street where they have a big marble table down the side and they're going to have a sheeter. They're just going to be doing like ravioli and making big pasta things all the time. And then at night, that's cool. Like during the day, but then at night it'll be seating. So you'll be able to sit at the table. I'm excited. You guys, they are very intentional about like high level of service and high, you know, sort of the way that they want this to be a restaurant tour's restaurant. I like so, it. So very excited about that. It's going to be called Dario, D A R I O. Follow them, Dario Minneapolis on Instagram. Um, and get ready for that in winter. So hopefully January is what I think. All so, right. There's that. Um, that'll another, be, I'm excited about that. Okay. There's another one called, uh, Boucheron. Did we talk about this at all? No. Okay, so I don't think we did. So Boucheron is going to go into the old, the original revival space in Kingfield that used to be Corner Table. Yep. You know. um, It sounded fancy. Well, here's what I think it's going to be. Because Adam Ritter is, you know, the chef de cuisine at Demi, has been forever. He's the one that got them the James. I mean, I don't say he's the one that got them the James Beard Award, but he's, you know, basically running the kitchen with Gavin during that time. And, um, so he and some of his team are, uh, pairing up with, and his wife, Jeannie, who was the maitre d' at Belcourt and Wyzetta for the longest time. Okay. Um, so they're doing this restaurant. They're finally doing their own restaurant. They've broken away and they are, um, they're, it's French for lumberjack, Boucheron. And so it is going to be sort of a, they're calling it a, like a reflection of the bistronomy movement, which I think is funny because... That's just a great word, but, like, none of us know what it means. No. <laughs> She's like, you know, gastronomy. I'm like, mm-hmm. Um, which is just really casual, popular French dishes, but really done with, like, super great techniques. So, like, when a chef takes, like, a like a ham and cheese sandwich, you know? And yeah, then, and makes a bechamel. And then, yes, and then, like, like soaks the bread overnight and then yeah. fries it, you know, <laughs> and does all this stuff. That's what we're talking about. We're talking about... With a moutard. With a moutard, yes, exactly. <laughs> The sage has been molecularly changed into, you know, into foam and then fried. And then, you know, so it's, it is amazing. And I think that what they're doing is really trying to do really approachable. And they're, you know, they know that they come from the super fine dining background, but they really want to make it neighborhood. Yep. So I think that's really impressive and fun and sort of exciting. Um, I'm excited about those two things. Those are my first two. And then of course the Diane Mua project. Yes. Which we had talked about. Yeah, she's
1: going into the food building space, mm-hmm. which has been a few iterations of Kieran's Kitchen, and then Ian, Chef Ian Gray, was there, and I am glad that Diane is going to take over that spot, and also like the catering
2: of the building. Is that correct? I think so. But I mean, I think that they're doing, I think they're just going to rewrite the whole story on that place. And so yeah. she's not, I mean, like, it's not like she's taking that kitchen over. I think she's, they're gutting it and redoing the whole thing. And because it is going to be, you know, I think the dream of having it be where we use all the products from the place in, in the restaurant. I mean, she's doing Hmong cooking. So I don't really know that there's going to be room for Alamar cheese, you know, in this. And so I think that there'll be a different vibe to it all, which is good. It should be. Um, but she's bringing dishes, you know, from her family past and, and she's cooking savory. I mean, like she's cooking instead of just doing pastry cook. Yeah. So that should be really interesting. And her parents, you know, are the farm is literally going to be her supplier. And her son. Well, yeah. From
1: Abagnoli is also joining her. Yeah. Which I didn't realize that was her son.
2: So that was fun. Well, not Jamie, you, not the guy behind it, but like one of the cooks there. Yep. Yeah. So I know that's kind of interesting. I mean, I think like if you think about like, obviously, yeah, has sort of been our Hmong, you know, cuisine standard setter for the longest time.
1: It reminds me a little bit of uh, just having had a conversation recently with Sean Sherman about indigenous chefs. Yeah. You know, like we look at him as the first and for a little bit, he was the only that was declaring himself in that way. Right. But like all good Trailblazers, right? You blaze that trail and you walk down it and then you hope that other people walk down it too and you support their efforts. So I feel like we're opening up all these new windows of types of cuisine.
2: Yeah. Yeah. In Minnesota, if you think about it. Yeah. No. And I think that that's like, I think that there's definitely something about, um, you know, understanding that. When he gave the talk at MinPost, when we were sitting there and it was me and, and Kim and Jorge and him and th- the way that he knows his his the, the representation that he has and the way that he speaks to people is so compelling because he knows he's carrying this burden. Well, of, he, like opening these doors and it's he's like, it's not about me. It's about everything. And we're
1: seeing more like there's two more indigenous cookbooks that are coming down the pike, not from him. But from other chefs that he's worked with or mentored or just people that are. i mean Hmong, though? No. I, I, I'm i talking again about, oh, you're Sean, talking about Sean. Sean, I'm going back Sorry. and forth. Just. I went, yeah. Same idea, though, of this idea that you oh. are building up this culture. Yeah. That you maybe are the face of and paved the way in the beginning. But yeah. that you're bringing other people along and then they're stepping into their light.
2: Yeah. No. And I mean, I think, I think you have, I think if the point is, if, if you are true in your mission, the point is to crack through and then through that crack it just widens open into yep. uh, into an actual pathway and then that pathway becomes part of the way that you travel through this life yeah. for other people and it's not about you know holding on to this is my stardom and my thing it's if you're doing it correctly in my mind you're opening it for everybody yeah for sure Right. More restaurant news. I know you've got a whole I know. list. We still have some more. So we're going to take a quick break and we come back and I'm going to give you some of the, a look at a few things that are already open that you can kind of go hang out in. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish on My Talk 107.1. It's a Miley day, apparently. I like it. It's just kind of Miley-esque. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are here. Uh, I'm Steph March. This is Steph Hansen. We are talking about uh, restaurant stuff and all the good openings and fun things that are going on. It's really bubbling right now. There's just a lot of good things. A lot of things that have been taking their time to get to, um, you know, to kind of land and open are happening. And that's really exciting. We were just talking about the Diane Mua project, which is, you know, been a long time coming. Last year, she started talking about it and was looking for space. She's finally landed. Um, there's other people who are still looking for space and they're finally landing. But one of the things that opened yesterday is Pimento at Bidet Makaska. Have you seen some of it, the pictures, it's crazy. Uh, of people, there was just so many people there yesterday. Yes, yes, yes. It was such a gorgeous day yesterday. I was kind of considering, I was like, uh-oh. It's going to get slammed. But I think it was kind of lovely. So what it is, is have you been? Did you walk no, into it? Nope. Okay. So Tommy Beavis, uh, who is, you know, front behind Pimento um, Kitchen, started on Eat Street, you know, opened up at Keg and Case, um, has just a history of bringing this beautiful Jamaican food to the Twin Cities. So he was tasked with uh, opening at uh, the new pavilion at Bidet Macoska. And you guys, it's really cool. And I love the fact that it's two things. One of them is like the kitchen where you're going to walk up, you're going to order your food, you can get your One Love Bowl, you can, you know, and then there's like a beer counter. But they're also doing a little store. They have the Pimento Market, which is pretty cool because I think, That is going to be definitely open year round. And it's kind of like a little coffee shop. Like there's a little place to sit and you can hang out. Oh, there is. So you can get like a cup of coffee. Okay. And you can get a grab and go. You can get like, you know, you can get sandwiches and salads. Yeah, I I love it. Little, you know, things to drink and then just kind of sit and you can do your laptopping if you want. But they also have uh, local makers. They have 20 some, you know, BIPOC and uh, women owned Businesses. I know.
1: Here's the deal. Spices are there. Mm -hmm. Uh, Isadore Nuts is there. Yep. Yep. Latungi's, like, you know, oh, yeah, Latungi's palette. Yeah, her Uh, cobblers. All that
2: stuff. So I think that's really, I think it's really fun and I think it's a great idea, you know? Um, that I, that especially for that area, because I do think people will be walking around all year around the, around the lake. Yeah. And I do think that there's, and Tommy said that he's going to try to keep it open as long as he possibly can, because the kitchen, it's not like some of those places, they shut them down, you know, like, uh, painted turtle, which was sandcastle. That whole building will shut down for the winter. So there's nobody working in it, but this building will be open. Um, because they're making the hot sauces in this commercial kitchen. Oh, okay. So it's going to be active. So yeah. if the kitchen's active and the place is, you know, ready to be able to work in winter, they probably will. I like it. I think that's a smart idea. So that I think that when there's like the Lopit, you know, sorry, the lopeit, you know, all sorts of other winter festival things, I think they'll probably be able to be open for Which it.
1: Which is great. Yeah. I love it. I'm sure Um, we walk around that lake kind of a lot. Do you really? Yeah. You know, Kurt's traveling, so but we will in the winter too. Yeah. Um, So I
2: imagine that we'll pop in. I bet you will. Um, Another thing that's open that we should both be very excited about is in Hopkins, which is closer to you than you think. Brassa is open in Hopkins. Yeah. I am extremely excited about that um, because it's like you can just Grow, grab Cause yuca fries—that's oh all you God, need to say. Yuca fries the with sauce. the mojo sauce. Done. You had me at braised pork sandwich. Yep. Done. Yep. Like sometimes we done. Sometimes I'm sitting there and like, God, I just wish I had done a pulled pork, but I yep. don't want to like go buy other pulled pork because I'm sort of like a, I'm a snap. But says I will go get that beautiful braised pork. So that's open. It's a cute little KFC. It's right off of Main Street. It's kind of on the western end. So it's like when you go through right downtown, then you keep going, and it's like just on to the left. So it's exciting. I'm very excited excited about that. that. Um, I wanted to mention that El Cezanne has opened in their space in South Minneapolis, um, they're kind of right across from Southlindaale Lake liquor or South Lindell Liquors, which, of course, opened a new spot as well. Um, but this one was the old El jefe Cochina. Mm-hmm. and now it's El Cezanne, which is, of course, the place from Egan that was in the gas station. You know, they have the taco counter in the gas station, yep. and now they have their own full restaurant with a bar. So I'm excited. I haven't been, but I've heard good things,
1: yeah, I think that'll be delicious,
2: yeah they are great people the
1: the Delios. I've had fun conversations with people that have eaten in the gas station.
2: Yeah, it is. A, it was a great idea. Yeah, it was a totally fun and great idea. I think that was spectacular. Um, uh, I also wanted to shout out the fact that I, so I was at Petit Leon last night and it was really fun and great. But uh, we forgot to mention that Jorge Guzman is opening a new mm-hmm. restaurant. Um, he's going to open Chilango. And he's taking over the urban eatery space,
1: which is the space at the bottom of the Calhoun Square Apartments. If Calhoun you remember beach that, Club. Calhoun Beach Club, which yes. I think they're
2: calling it the residences <laughs> at the beach. Club I don't know now. why they
1: keep changing the name because everybody's going to call it the Calhoun Beach
2: Club for the beginning of time. It's probably not going to be the Bidet Beach Club. I mean, they I don't feel know. It would be weird, to, uh, but maybe it wouldn't be weird. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. You should just call it Beach Club. Minneapolis it, Beach Club. It's been so many things to that really spot. Yeah. But so Chilango is going to be a Mexican American restaurant. I think it's going to be really fun. Epic patio season. Yeah, and let me just say this. This so Urban Eatery was one of those places that We kind of recommended, like, if you're going on first dates, it's a great place because it's like big enough. It was kind of empty enough, which is a little sad to say, but so you didn't have to fight for space. It wasn't super loud. You could get a drink and like a snack, like a hummus plate or whatever. And I think we should do
1: a segment about that again. It's been a long time.
2: So we're gonna do. So I'll just we're probably gonna do a February issue about things like that. Yeah, yeah, about the social scene. So
1: well, and just sitting with uh, two single people last night. And hearing about, A, the online dating challenges, but oh also, like, yeah. where to go, yeah. how long, what kind of date, you know, oh, when yeah, the person shows up and they're exactly... you talking exactly, about, exactly,
2: to like, this age bracket, like our age bracket? Yes. yes. So I'm talking
1: about, like, 40-plus.
2: Yeah, post-marriage or post... Yeah, second yeah. chance, Yeah, we'll
1: call it. Yeah. Second oh. chance romance, but <laughs> <laughs> the eater <laughs> edition. <laughs>
2: But that's we, and that's my friends and I who are in that space. You know, uh, the Divorce Moms Club, if you will. They, uh, we have, you know, like I have a couple of lady friends who are sort of actively dating, and they tell me we kind of run through it. I'm like, Have you been here? Have you been here? You should, yeah, try this because
1: place. you go- you're not in that scene for 20 years, right. and then all of a sudden you're in that scene. Where is the scene? Mm-hmm. If you don't meet people online, where are other places you might meet people? Like there are some still kind of. Dare I say meat markety places like Cove, yeah, in Waisada or well. Zalo used to be. I'm not sure it it's is totally not anymore because of the pandemic and yeah. being on Nicollet and all that. But so yeah, I think we need to help our friends out here in yeah. this genre, and you're the key person to do it.
2: Well, I'm telling you, even like we were at Jones in the Park this last weekend. This was my two lady friends and I were there just like kind of celebrating you know, someone's, uh, an achievement, if you will. And we, uh, but we were saying how, like how beautiful Jones in the park is, but it's also quiet, but also not stuffy. Like we were, I was like, no one's going to hear us talking about things because we were perfectly positioned. There's softness around you. They completely know how to take care of you. There's such good lady pampering without it being overly, Obtrusive, Like, our server would, like, we were obviously deep in conversation, breaking down someone's life. And then, you know, like, he would kind of walk up and he would see that we are totally not, like, ready. And he just backed away. He didn't, like, come and stand there and wait to interrupt us. He just read the table. That's what's great. Of, that's a great date night spot.
1: Okay, here's the second thing I'm going to say about that, too. Yeah. That place is family owned. Yeah. And I think, like, for me, when when I know some of my friends are going out on a first date with someone. Yeah. I get kind of anxious for them. Right. Because I think it's helpful, like if your server knows your situation. Yeah. So that if things get weird sure. or if you feel uncomfortable and need to leave. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I think like letting the restaurant person in on your situation, maybe depending on how early on in the date dating pool you are.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it can be. And I know that I have I have one friend who she kind of goes back to the same place. Quite often. Yeah. And that way she sits at the bar. And they know her. Yeah. yeah. And so she said she kind of is like.
1: You have a code. Like she, an eye yeah, code. And she
2: doesn't feel, she doesn't feel like it's yep. a weird thing to know that they've seen her with many dates. She's like, yeah, no, it's great. Because then they kind of, we kind of watch each other's back a lot. Yeah, little bit. totally. And
1: also, not to scare anybody, but in a bar setting, like, you know, I just think bartenders like are paying attention to things that you aren't paying attention to. Yeah. I just, I do think it's helpful to let your person that's helping you know just if you're um, in that. Although
2: you shouldn't prevail upon your server to be your. No. You know, let's be very clear. (laughs) This is not you saying (laughs) to your server, all right, here's what I need you to do. That's not their job. Please understand that.
1: (laughs) Some bars, too, and we just talked about this a while ago. There was a bar in town that, like, they made a point to tell you if you are on a date like please because well, like, yeah. we have like a code here yeah. and if you're feeling uncomfortable or you need like us to get you a car or there's whatever there's a certain
2: drink and i can't remember what it's called but there's a certain drink but they have those signs in in the ladies in the rooms, restrooms that yeah. say like if you're feeling uncomfortable just order this drink and we'll know you know i love that idea yeah, of I do people too. the universe looking out for you yeah well and i mean and there's many there's many stories of you know Like when the lady goes to the bathroom or whatever, and then there's like, you know, somebody's kind of watching if someone puts, this is not on a date thing, but you know, like knowing, like just watching each other to know if like someone's messing with your drink and all that kind of stuff. Um, Okay, a couple other places I wanted to mention. I did want to talk about Public Domain, which is a bar that... Kind of is open, but kind of isn't open. Is this it's the one in the north confusing? loop? Yes,
1: that you just order with your spirit. Yes, and I'm gonna have. <laughs> we're gonna have them on. We're gonna because I'm kind of interested. You don't actually it-
2: even order with your spirit. Like they actually talk you through a lot more than just like you know. But it's interesting. So I'm gonna. We're gonna have him on. I do I- because all I
1: could think about was while this is great for me, the person behind me. I feel sorry for who's waiting for their drink.
2: Well, but it's not going to ever do that. And that's the situation too where it's not like we all wander in. Those seats at the bar are assigned. Like you have to reserve. Okay. Them. So it is just the same thing as if you're going to go sit at a dinner, yeah, you cool. know what I mean? So it's and we're, and I'm interested because they're not open technically yet. We have a couple these next two weeks are sort of this like invite only soft open kind of thing because they're just having liquor license stuff. So they can't be totally open to the public, but they've talked about it and there's everyone is misunderstanding and people are posting things and whatever. So I think they're a little stressed by it. But once we hit November, we're going to talk to uh, Stephen's going to come on because what I like about it is, you know, walking you through what you like, what you don't like, and then having like a catalog in their head of like 300 drinks, That they're like pulling from. And I'm going to tell you this. The two that I asked for that I. The first thing I said I was a whiskey girl. And I said I like. I don't like it too sweet. But I like it to be you know. Kind of interesting light. But also rich you know this thing. He came back with this beautiful. Not a bee's knees. But like there was like a a lemony whiskey situation. It was great. And then he made a martini too. That was outstanding. Oh, I love it. Yeah. So just, we're going to talk about that as it comes, but it's called public domain and it's in the North loop. You can check out their Instagram and everything else, but, we're just waiting for them to get all their things online. Okay, you guys. Well, we are going to wrap that up. We're going to take a break. When we come back, it is the Ask Stephanie portion, 651-641-1071. If you want to give us a call or ask us any questions. Or like tell us any new places yeah. you've been
1: that you want us to check out. You guys are so good about giving yeah. us the heads up.
2: We love that. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. This is the Ask Stephanie portion of the show. And so we like to take your phone calls, 651 uh, 641 One zero seven one. If you want to call, give us a ask about any or talk about Apple Orchard you want to hit up, uh, do any of the good pumpkin
0: talk. We got you. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. You ever get that feeling where you know you need to get something off your chest? Holding stuff in really becomes a stressor. Things you want to mention to your boss, your partner, your parents. Bottling it up only makes things worse and start to make our life go sideways. But what can we do about it? Therapy is a great safe space to get things off our chest and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just putting those bottled up words out into the universe can be a big help, especially when it's in a safe space with your therapist. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and is designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You start by filling out a questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists any time for no charge. Visit BetterHelp.com weeklydish Weekly Dish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot Weekly Dish. Pretty sure that's J Lo and P. S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner. LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday, so the fun never ends.
2: Blinded by the Item.
1: Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Uh,
2: Brian is on the line. We have Brian on the line. What's going on, Brian?
0: Hey, hey, how's it going? And how did the cookbook swap go? And were there any dinosaur cookbooks? <laughs>
2: I looked and looked and looked. There, the dinosaur. There cookbook, was one. Not this year. There was. There was somebody Dupree. Marion and oh, Natalie Dupree. Dupree. Natalie Dupree was the was the star this year. But no dinosaur. I was. Right. I think that one might have gone to the college though last year. So we'll see. The cookbook
1: swap was epic.
2: People yeah. really had a great time. Lots of books. Jamie
1: Oliver is kind of on the outs, it appears. Yeah, there's a lot of Jamie Oliver books. A lot of kitchen, uh, or excuse me, a lot of church cookbooks came. Yep. People had a great time. Yeah. Yeah. It Thanks was good. for asking, Brian. Hold on All to right. your books for next October, you guys. Yeah. We'll be back. Thank well, we'll s- s- you. Bye. Thanks. Okay. Do you have a call? Because I got an email no, that came ahead. in here. Okay. This is from Michelle. She says, I'm a newly single person and wonder if an Instant Pot is something I would utilize. I hate to have another gadget sitting on the shelf that's not being used. Size suggestions, question mark. I have a puppy that I make bone broth for in a Crock-Pot. Appreciate your feedback. I've enjoyed the Facebook group, too. Huh. I don't know. Single person. What do you think?
2: I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess I don't feel like, uh, I feel like, yeah, you can make whatever you want. And I guess I wouldn't go above a six quart, for sure. But it also depends if you're batching. If you're into batching things, then I'd go six. I don't think I'd go smaller ever, but that's just, and I'm a single person, but because I do make meals for multiple things and people, I don't use mine even close to what I used to use it, you know, Um, as since I at live you know don't have a kid at home i use mine quite a bit you do not in the summer
1: as much but a lot now because we use it as a rice cooker so
2: right and i do i would say that i use i make rice in mine i make congee in mine and that's those are the things like i have certain things i do if i am doing bulk eggs i'll do it in that but i just i only do them on my own you know yeah i do them in a pan if i'm going in i like made two. broth this week i made wild rice soup
1: this week yeah i think if she's making bone broth That she's gonna actually enjoy. Well, it's she's making it for her dog, so because I think the instant pot for bone broth is way better than a crock pot,
2: right? And a lot of people think that it's because also then your house doesn't. If you're doing it that often and that much, then you're not. Your house doesn't smell. And I can't make like
1: soup overnight in a crock pot without this dog. Not so much, but my old dog Nikki, she couldn't sleep the whole night. She was pacing because she knew I was cooking something. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Also, the saute feature in an instant pot. It's pretty great. I if like if I was a single person, I could see actually getting rid of my slow cooker. And that's just what I was going to say,
2: and that's what I was going to say. If you want to get rid of something, I would get rid of the slow cooker because it kind of turns into, and you know my rave on that is just gets a little wet and soggy without getting a lot of good crisp to anything, which is you know that's what it is. I don't know how. I don't know. I think like there was a great article. I feel like it was in the New York Times, but it might have been in something else that talked about how the the rise and fall of the fervor around the instant pot and how like everybody was like so obsessed with it for so long and now it's kind of like yeah yeah Yeah, i read that article too and i was just i didn't put it into our group but i did think it was funny you know okay
1: uh let's see i have a few other emails in here there was a while i was gone you talked about some kind of a pot roast and maybe it was with Elizabeth Reese. It sounds like an Elizabeth Reese thing that was like a Calabrian chilies. Oh yeah, pot, yeah, yeah. Pot yeah. We talked about that. That recipe people want posted. It has not been posted. It hasn't. Said.
2: Okay, I'll go find it. It was. It definitely was on the grid that day, um, and I think that was the seventh. Let me let's look back. Um, yeah, I will find it. It is. Yeah, the Calabrian chilies. It's the pot roast um, from the olive. It's called tomato pepper pot roast from Yum. the olive something or other. I'll put that up on the Facebook page. Here's the other thing, you guys. That day, I actually went to Cerdix after the show, and they had a whole container of Calabrian chilies. So if you're looking for them, like that was a great spot to go into Cerdix and find that. I did go for a sandwich, just to be clear.
1: <laughs> how? Yeah. How do you? Okay.
2: Because I, I don't feel like they're that hard to find. Calabrian chilies, specifically Calabrian chilies. Like, like I in, have,
1: I guess I'm talking about dried. Are you talking no about fresh? Fresh. Okay.
2: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Nope. that was the olive core of olive oil, tomato, pepper, pot roast. I will put that up on the show page, or I'll put it on the Facebook page for you right now. Um, I think that's like that's the thing right now. The braises, the pot roasts, like all the good stuff. I am considering whether tomorrow is a Sunday bolo day or not. Oh, I know. Oh, I let's know. talk about that because you know sunday bolo is a treat and it's not just you know it's not my thing it is mostly you know it was eric eastman's tutelage but eric and i have gone and we've ordered things we went to go eat places and then he's like we need to try the bolo here <laughs> 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 and we do it and we've compared it and we have feelings about it you know and it was kind of like oh this is good it's ours is better so, just I to be clear. I bet. Yeah. I bet. But it could be a Sunday bolo day tomorrow. I don't know. It feels like it is going to dip into like the 50s and stuff. I just, I don't know if I have time. I don't know if I have like the f- four hours that it's supposed to take to do that. Yeah.
1: We did go to uh, the Chefs Behind the Menu, um, Stories Behind, stories the, behind the, menu. the Menu event that happened at Twin Cities Film Festival this yeah. week. Mm-hmm. Just congratulations, Melissa Silva, Mateo McBee, Julie Burton, Shay Sandifer. Uh, Chef Cheflo was there or Chef K. Chef, K, Chef K, sorry, and Mariam. And it was just fun to see Zareet um, too. That yeah, Zarit. Yeah. Uh if you're looking for catering, uh Mid East to Midwest is her Instagram handle. Yes. Or yeah, Mid East yeah. to Midwest. Right. I looked it up. Okay. She has beautiful catering um from the Middle Eastern kind of mm-hmm. um Lebanese
2: Yeah, she's side. she's I don't want to misplace her. I feel like she's, it's, was she coming from Kuwait, her family does, or was it? I can't remember. I can't remember. I'm but sorry it was a little bit different twist yeah. and yeah. it was delicious. It's just beautiful. Yeah. I mean, her food, I remember that dinner specifically being spectacular. Yes. Yes. So good.
1: And there are, the next one is coming up, is Heather Jans. So if you are interested in that, look up stories behind the menu um we have a call
2: okay great let's take it we have a call from aaron Erin is on the line what's going on aaron
0: hey guys i was wondering um a couple uh, for the past couple of years i've been using that um tea brine that oh the wants, black tea
2: loves. bourbon brine
0: well for my thanksgiving turkey and yeah. i always have such a hard time remembering what it is why don't I ever keep it in a special spot? I don't know. You
2: know what, Erin? Send us an email and I will send it to you.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much. You
2: bet. Anytime, lady. All right, you guys are going to take a quick break. We're going to come back with the second
0: hour. So stay tuned. We've got a great show coming. This is the Weekly Dish
2: on My Talk 1071.